Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Larry Bailey here, bringing you another weekly newsletter review. Information is posted by MBS Highway, your trusted source for mortgage market intelligence, and this is brought to you by Ridge Lending Group. If you have any lending questions or needs for your real estate investment opportunities or even your owner-occupied questions and you wanted to see what is going on with the market in terms of available products and rates, please give Ridge Lending Group a phone call at 855-74-RIDGE. That's 855-747-4343. Or email them over to info at ridgelendinggroup.com. So let's get into the weekly newsletter. This newsletter is uh, today, September 26, 2022. <clears throat> and excuse me, we're going to review the week of September 19th. And it was an insane week. That's a uh, personal commentary. <laughs> it was just a crazy butt week. Um, so despite slowing activity in the housing market, supply still remains tight. Plus, the Fed's latest rate hike caused volatility in the markets, to say the least. Here's what you need to know. Uh, first story is Fed hikes rates another 75 basis points. Next story is low housing inventory re remains supportive of prices. Next story, housing formations continue to outpace completions. <clears throat> Next story is more home builders offering incentives as confidence wanes. I can speak to that, actually. Um, and the last story is... Low jobless claims show labor market remains tight. I'm sure there is a hack in there in the middle. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it is. I actually haven't read it yet, so we'll, we'll all be surprised by what it is. We, I would guess it's something with decorating, food, or winterization. But let's let's stay tuned and find out. So the first story is Fed hikes rates another 75 basis points. Gang, as expected, the Fed hiked its benchmark Fed funds rate by an aggressive 75 basis points as it at its meeting last Wednesday. This follows the 25, 50, 75, and 75 basis point hikes the Fed previously made at their March, May, June, and July meetings, respectively. The Fed funds rate is the interest rate for overnight borrowing for banks, and it is not the same as mortgage rates. The main tool for the Fed uses to curb inflation is hiking its benchmark Fed funds rate. During his press conference, Fed Chair Jerome Powell reiterated that the Fed is, quote, strongly committed, close quote, to fight inflation, which remains at near 40-year highs, well above their 2% target. So what's the bottom line here? The Fed now expects an additional 125 basis point of hikes this year, which may be 75 basis points at the November 2nd meeting and 50 basis points at the December 14th meeting, in addition, the Fed anticipates inflation as measured by the core personal consumption expenditures to be at 4.5% at the end of 2022, which is not a lot of progress from the current levels towards their goal of 2%. The bond market digested the Fed's projections negatively as they gave the impression that the Fed does not have a handle on inflation, which the bond market hates. And that's literally hates. And in the by the way, if you can see in the upper right-hand side, negative 45 basis points, that has been a straight off the off the edge um, uh, track since this meeting. So um, cost of money has gotten nothing but more expensive each day as it happens. 
Uh, back to the story here, it will be important to see if the Fed can convince investors and the markets that they have a handle on inflation, as this will play a crucial role in the direction of mortgage bonds and mortgage rates this fall. I want to just take a step away from the text for just a second again. Um, as we've talked about here repeatedly, the Fed funds rate has zero impact on the actual mortgage rates. What's going on here is inflation. So for all of the mortgage companies that closed on borrowers at two point something percent or three point something percent in their mortgages over the last 18 months or so, those um, the value of those securities is just eroding. So if if the note was worth $100,000, it's already worth 900, um, I'm sorry, 90, it was 100,000, now it's 99,000x. And if this inflation keeps going so rapidly, the value of that mortgage security erodes even quicker. So um, this is why the yields are increasing so quickly because mortgage companies and banks and mortgage and, and investors who invest in mortgage-backed securities they need to get those interest rates higher to offset the future inflation that uh, the market believes will be happening regardless of what the Fed does. So that's why there's been such a sharp swing over to higher mortgage interest rates because they were so low for so long. And then, boom, mortgage-backed uh, securities, things like that, get, get smacked um, repeatedly day after day because inflation seems like it's out of control. All right, back to the text. Powell also asked whether the Powell was also asked whether the Fed could still achieve a quote soft landing, which means they can slow down or tighten the economy in their attempt to bring inflation under control while avoiding a recession. He replied, quote, the chances of a soft landing are likely to diminish to the extent that policy needs to be more restrictive or restrictive for longer. Nonetheless, we're committed to getting inflation back down to two percent. Close quote. There's a growing consensus for a recession including Goldman Sachs and Fannie Mae, who think that there will, in fact, be a hard landing and a recession next year. The World Bank and FedEx CEO Raj Subrahanaman, I'm sure I butchered that, sorry, Raj, also made headlines recently by saying they believe the world is edging towards a global recession. Also, off text here, it's not in this, but central banks around the world are also raising their rates. So it's not just a United States thing. Inflation is out of control across the world because all of a sudden now everybody is paying more for the same goods that they were paying last year. Why is that happening? That's a great debate. You could say all kinds of things like um, the war in Ukraine, the shortage of food, the shortage of supplies, the shortage of chips, everything. Um, the part that's also not in this text is companies are still making bajillions of dollars, and I'm making that word up, of profit. So there's also growing concern, again, off text here, that companies are squeezing consumers to maintain their profit margins because they're expected to in order to satisfy the stockholders. So pay attention to that in the upcoming news, I'm sure. Next story, <clears throat> low housing inventory remains supportive of prices. So there's a graph on here. If you're listening to audio, please get over into the video link and you can check that out. Um, so the graph here talks about the, that there's a, uh, uh, a graph downward in terms of uh, existing homes. So existing homes, existing homes sales fell 0.4% from July to August to 
a 4.8 million unit, unit annualized pace per the National Association of Realtors, NAR. This was stronger than expected of a 2.5% decline. Uh, so sales were also down 19.9% when compared to August of last year. This is a critical report for taking the pulse of the housing market as it measures closing on existing homes, which represent about 90% of the market. So what's the bottom line here? Activity in the housing market has certainly slowed, but home prices are still being supported by continued low inventory. Plus the rise in inventory that occurs every summer from parents listing their homes so their kids are settled for the new school year appears to have crested. The number of available homes fell from 1.31 million at the end of July to 1.28 million at the end of August, which equates to about a 3.2 months supply of homes. Six months is considered to be a balanced market. The data speaks to the ongoing imbalance of supply and demand, which should continue to be supportive of home prices. In addition, there were only 779,000 active listings in August, which means that 39% of the, quote, inventory, close quote, in the existing home sales report is already under contract and not truly available. This speaks to demand, as a normal market has 25% of inventory under contract, so 39% reality, 25% normal, quote-unquote. Uh, when looking at the month supply of available homes for sale, it's really 1.9 months. And while there are reports that homes are sitting longer on the market, they are quickly they are still selling quickly when priced correctly. Average days on market increased slightly from the record low of 14 days in July to 16 days in August. Lastly, CoreLogic's single-family rent report showed that single-family rent prices remained elevated in July, up 12.6% from a year earlier. This is a slight moderation from the 13.4% annual gain seen in June. These increases in rental prices should continue to push people to see opportunity in housing, which again will be supportive of home prices. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a really, really tough one. Um, I can tell you that there are record low available homes. Prices are still up high. And, uh, you know, we're seeing rates again for mortgages continue to go up. People still have to borrow money. I say it over and over again, whether the whether interest rates are 2% or 22%, people will need to borrow money. And again, if you're kind of watching this kind of dance around, this is a live update for what's happening. So money is, is 47 basis points more expensive today than it closed on Friday. Uh, what that translates to in interest rates is probably an eighth to a quarter of a percent higher in rates from Friday to today, Monday, in one day. That's what's going on. Next story, housing formations continue to outpace completions. So August brought a surprising increase in home construction as housing starts, which measure the start of construction on homes, were up 12.2% from July. While the largest increase was in multifamily units, go figure, starts for single-family homes were also up 3.4% from July. When compared to August of last year, housing starts were essentially flat, but single-family starts were 14% lower this year. This is a disappointment because single-family homes are in such high demand among buyers and speaks to ongoing tight supply. Building permits, which are indicative of future supply, declined 10% from July to August, and they were also down 14.4% lower when compared to August of last year. Permits for single-family homes fell 3.5% for the month, 
and 15.3% year-over-year. Housing completions fell 5.4% from July to a 1.342 million unit annualized pace, with household formations trending between 1.6 million and 1.7 million annualized. Completions are not keeping pace. So in English, what this is just saying is, hey, listen, we are just not completing homes um, as as compared to uh, uh, what's being started. So not quite sure what that means, um, but I can tell you that, again, I'm in South Jersey, if you've heard me talk about this before, and uh, I see more multi-unit developments financed by huge construction corporations and more warehouses being built than I see single-family homes being built, hands down. Um, so I just, that's just what we see. Um, and I don't know what that necessarily means for the long term. I'm not that smart. But uh, it, uh, it is consistent with what uh, this is saying across the nation. So what's the bottom line here? While interest rates are higher and demand is lower, supply still remains tight. The slowing new construction and low supply may hurt economic activity, but from a home price standpoint, it will somewhat be supportive. This is very different from the housing bubble where demand was waning, but supply of new homes was significantly increasing. Again, just reiterating what I just said, in 2008, you had a whole bunch of housing that was just sitting empty. That's not what we see now at all. Um, we see exactly the opposite, quite honestly. Next story, more home builders offering incentives as confidence wanes. So on the graphic here, home, home uh, I'm sorry, the housing market index uh, fell from uh, 49 to 46. So the National, National Association of Home Builders, the NAHB, housing market index, which is a near real-time read on builder confidence, fell three points to 46 in September, marking the ninth straight monthly decline. All components of the index also declined, with current sales conditions falling three points to 54. Sales expectations for the next six months dropping one point to 46, and buyer traffic also declining one point to 31. So what's the bottom line here, gang? Any reading above 50 on this index, which runs from 0 to 100, signals expansion, while readings below 50 signal contraction. August and September were the first time the index dropped below 50 since May of 2020. The decline in all three readings shows that builders are anticipating a further slowdown. The NAHB chief economist Robert Dietz, perhaps Dietz, again, apologize, Robert, for getting your name wrong if I've gotten it wrong, noted that incentives appear to be back as more than half of the builders surveyed used incentives to bolster sales, including mortgage rate buy-downs. I know about that directly with a home builder we helped recently at Mortgage Workflow Partners. Free amenities and price reductions. In addition, roughly 24% of builders reported reducing home prices, which is up from 19% in August. Next story is low jobless claims show labor market remains tight. Uh, so as usual, we've got our three big largest claims, California, New York, and Texas. Number of people filing unemployment benefits for the first time rose by 5,000 in the latest week as 213,000 initial jobless claims were reported. However, the previous week's initial jobless claims were revised lower by 5,000. Continuing claims, which measure people who continue to receive benefits after their initial claim is filed, decreased by 22,000 to 1.379 million. So what's the bottom line here? Layoffs and, in turn, initial claims appear to have slowed in recent weeks, showing that the labor market remains tight. 
And we're still waiting for that recession indicating sustained uptick in filings for unemployment. So we haven't seen it yet. Again, this is national average. Each industry is affected differently. The mortgage industry is, is getting clobbered with layoffs. There's more layoffs um, last week, as announced in Housing Wire. If you haven't read that article, check it out. Um, yeah, it's, it's real, uh, whereas other industries are, are picking up or growing. All right, so here's the family hack of the week, and it's food. So this, this garden vegetable soup, courtesy of our friends at the Food Network, is a hearty, healthy, and perfect for cozying up on fall days. There's nothing that nothing hard to it's hard to beat a good cup of soup or bowl of soup when it's when it's cool out. So what you're going to do here is you're going to heat four tablespoons of olive oil in a large stock pot over medium low heat. Add two cups chopped leeks, only the white portion, please. Two tablespoons of finely minced garlic and a pinch of kosher salt. Sweat until sweat until they begin to soften. Hmm. I think that means heat. That looks like a typo. Heat until they begin to soften approximately seven to eight minutes. Maybe it is sweat and I'm just not a foodie. So add two cups carrots peeled and chopped, two cups potatoes peeled and diced, and two cups fresh green beans cut into three quarter inch pieces. Continue to cook for 45 minutes, stirring occasionally. Then add two quarts chicken or vegetable broth, your choice. Increase the heat to high and bring to a simmer, add four cups of tomatoes, peeled, seeded, and chopped. Tomatoes get seeded, uh, so cut out the middle, get rid of the seeds, uh, extra liquid you don't want. Uh, two ears of corn with the kernels removed, and half a teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper. Kernels removed from the corn, okay. Um, reduce the heat to low, cover and cook until vegetables are fork tender, approximately 25 to 30 minutes. Remove from heat, add a quarter cup packed chopped freshly, fresh parsley and one to two teaspoons of fresh lemon juice. Season to taste and enjoy with your favorite crusty bread. That sounds good, very good. Thank you, Food Network. So here's what we're gonna look for this week. More housing reports are ahead beginning Tuesday with home price appreciation data for July from the Case-Shiller Home Price Index and the Federal Housing Finance Agency House Price Index. August's new and pending home sales will be reported on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. Jobless claims will be released on Thursday, along with the final reading of the second quarter GDP. And investors will be closely watching this GDP number, given that the previous reading for the second quarter was, was negative. Uh, or the second, the previous readings for the second quarter were negative, which also followed a negative final reading for the first quarter. Um, as a reminder, historically speaking, two quarters of negative GDP indicate and are the textbook definition of a recession. We'll see what that means. Um, ending the week this week, crucial inflation numbers for August will be reported Friday via the Fed's favored uh, favored measure, which is the personal consumption expenditures also known as PCE. Gang, I will be on vacation, um, so we will not have an update next week. I apologize, but we'll be back the following week for another weekly update. And again, from where we started to where we ended this recording, a mere 20 minutes, um, we've already lost another 17 basis points on top of, on top of what we had. So um, if you get a good deal, lock it in with your lender. Again, give Ridge Lending Group a phone call at 855-74-RIDGE or email them over at info at ridgelendinggroup.com. Thanks very much, everybody. I'm Larry Bailey. Have a great day.